tonight. So, if you guys have been with us for the last uh, three weeks, uh, we've been in the middle of a series, and, and now we're capping off the series, like Pastor Jake said, of um, powerful people. And, and so far, we've really been talking about the relational aspect of, of being a powerful person and, and how to really interact within relationships and how to set up, uh, you know, proper expectations of knowing where does somebody fall within my relational structure, right? Pastor Jake talked about that a couple weeks ago. I talked last week about two specific things, see who is listening. What is the purpose of relationship? What's the goal of relationship? Connection. What is the goal of communication? Understanding. Oh, you guys are amazing. So <laughs> Alan will claim it. So last week we really, really honed into this whole idea of, of what does it look like when we're in the midst of relationship, when we're in the midst of conversation, to really press into how do I reconnect what may have been lost in connection, or how do I maintain connection, and then how do I seek out understanding, right? And, and, and part of that is, is first in understanding, before I can even, like, yes, I want to seek out to understand them before I want to try and make them understand me, but at the same time, before I could ever help them to understand me, I need to also understand myself, right? You guys remember this? Some head nods would be amazing. Fantastic. Vicki, don't nod that hard. You will hit the table. <laughs> She's just back there. I'm like, <laughs> thank you, Vicki. It was very encouraging. I want to I really take this week, and instead of introducing new concepts, I really want to start taking that part about understanding ourselves and, and, and kind of expand it out a little bit more. Because the whole idea of understanding ourselves, have you guys heard of self-awareness? It's kind of a big buzzword within self-help and uh, all sorts of different things. And um, I think just because it's a buzzword in certain circles doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. I really do want to talk about what does it look like to be self-aware and what does Scripture tell us about what self-awareness does? Because if we, if we take it, being a powerful person isn't just being powerful within relationships. That's a large part of it. That's a large part of life is really going, okay, I'm in my life. Through the, the course of my life, I'm going to build different relationships. I'm going to be introduced to different relationships. We have relationships from the very beginning with friends and family and, and, and people that we're at work with and all these different things. But but if we only focus on, on relationships, we could actually lose track of some of the things that happen within our own lives. How many, no, I won't even ask, like, you don't need to raise your hand. This is very, not a good question to raise your hand on. Um, but <laughs> how many of you guys, I'll ask the question and you could just think about it in your head. How many of you guys have something that you continue to do that you don't want to do, but you can't help but to do? Yeah, not, not raising your, I appreciate the vulnerability. I think we could all say yes, but <laughs> it's just a terrible thing to go, yeah, raise your hand. Let's. And the one person that isn't raising their hand is just glaring at everyone else. Uh-huh. No, you're a liar. That's why you're not raising your hand. So there's, there's something to understanding what's going on inside of us, and and if you are currently going through our freedom classes or if you've gone through the freedom classes in the past, I, I really hope that this starts to bridge some concepts. But I'm going to hopefully present it in a way to where even if you haven't gone through our freedom classes, you could really kind of grasp a hold of some of these things as well. We don't have the, the slides up tonight. It's going to be a, a hopefully a shorter message. <laughs> Holy Spirit. <laughs> One of the gifts of the Spirit is self-control. Yes. Which is also ironically what we're talking about tonight. So I shall operate in it. Uh, thank you, Holy Spirit. But again, if you, if you want to take notes, and in fact, I, I want you guys to pull out your phone or something. Because I, I, between the time that I, I put the mic away last week and walked over to my table, I had four people ask me for my notes last week. And, and this is one of these things to where I, I want to... Tonight I'm going to introduce a concept... Or, or, or kind of expand on a concept, but I'm not going to actually even close it off. I'm going to leave a lot open. Uh, and there's, there's a scripture that says, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to seek a matter out. And I really think that this is one of the matters that we should be seeking out. 
is actually understanding what goes on in the inner reality of who we are. So that way we could better process and understand how we can present ourselves fully to the Lord, but also present ourselves fully to other people within relationship. And I really want to kind of open up the, the box here and kind of make a mess for you to actually go back to Scripture and sort through yourself. Is that okay? <laughs> Jared's excited for it, so <laughs> we will continue. Um, but I also want to give you a couple resources uh, to, to kind of help as well and kind of give you some of the ideas of, of where Jake and myself have, have gotten some of this information. But... There's a couple different things. There's some beautiful books. There's a book by a guy named Danny Silk, who is absolutely amazing. Um, and he wrote a book called Keep Your Love On. And I highly, highly suggest, if you haven't read it, to read it. It really takes this whole idea of a powerful person and, and brings it to a great extent. And if you're in a relationship or uh, if you're in a, a dynamic at work to where you're having some struggles, I think it's going to help you give some words to what it is that you could walk through. The other one's called... Um, Caring Enough to Confront, and it's by David Asperg, I think it's called, um, but if you just look up Caring Enough to Confront, uh, you'll, you'll find it. It's an amazing, amazing book. Uh, I actually, I, when I went through and was reading the book, and I, all my highlights from the first two chapters, I actually composed into a document and sent it out to our entire team, and, and it's kind of made its way out because it, just even the first two chapters, like you might even be able to pull it up on Kindle and get like the sample, like first couple of chapters, and get like the nuts and bolts anyway. Uh, <laughs> life hack. Uh, <laughs> but I highly suggest getting it because it's going to walk you through what does it look like to have a confronting conversation, but when you take it from just a confronting conversation and you actually expand it out and go, there's all sorts of conflict that comes in our life. There's all sorts of, uh, of different uh, abrasions that we come across in life, and it's, it's how we respond in the abrasions that actually formulate our life. The fruit at the end of the branches, right? We talk about in freedom quite a bit. We talked about it today in the first class, which, by the way, if you missed the first class, I can get you caught up on that part. I highly suggest you come to the classes next week and beyond. Um, but one of the things that we talk about is what we seek first will order the rest of our life. And, and when, we, when we actually break something down, the sin in our life, the thing that we typically call sin, addiction, uh, you know, poor behavior, aggression, all these different things are actually the fruit at an end of a branch. And there's actually a root issue that causes that fruit. Make sense? If you trace that thing back, you know, somebody who is, is, has a substance abuse addiction and they go, I turn to the bottle over and over, turning to the bottle is actually not the issue. You're like, oh, no, that's an issue. It, it is an issue and it's going to cause more issues in their life, but it's not actually the issue. If you root it back and you, you follow the branch back and then follow it down to the root of that branch, you'll actually see that there's a wound in the life. Right? Does this make sense? Yes. Thank you. I, I just, I don't, like I said, I, I want to open this box up, but I don't want to move too fast. So if, you, if you're getting it, give me some feedback. So fruit at the end of the branch, there's actually a root issue. The root issue is based off of conflict that we experience in our life. We walk through life and something, we call it trauma, happens within our life. And traumas aren't always these big, big things of traumatic experiences. They could sometimes be misunderstandings. Mom and dad got my sister a, a present, and they didn't get me one. And I misunderstood it was her birthday, not mine. <laughs> but it becomes a trauma in my life that I then make decisions based off of because I think nobody's going to provide for me. I'm forgotten. I'm left out. I'm in the corner. Make sense? That's not necessarily a trauma. My parents didn't do a bad thing, but if I have a misunderstanding of what actually happened, then I could walk forward allowing that conflict to, to press me into certain areas of my life. So once again, I, I want to, in the next 10, 15 minutes, I really want to break this down and say, first of all, I'm going to cover two main points, and we're going to cover some scripture to really break them down. First of all, is a powerful person 
observes and manages the conditions of their own heart. My job is not to observe and manage the conditions of your heart. My job is to observe and manage the conditions of my heart. We talked about that last week. If you missed the service last week, it's up on YouTube. All this month's uh, series is up on YouTube. You can go check it out. But a powerful person observes and manages the inner conditions and the conditions of their own heart. Observing our thoughts and emotions and understanding that there's a difference between I feel anger right now and I am angry. We talked about responding versus reacting last week. Responding is going, I feel anger. Now what am I going to do with that feeling? Reacting is going, you did this thing and now I am angry. <laughs> you will feel my wrath. To, to feel anger is not a sin. To act in anger is a sin. To feel anger is, is part of what it looks like to be an emotional creature that God created us to be. We talked last week. Emotions are a great check engine light. They're a terrible engine. So it's going, to feel anger means the check engine light went off. Something's going on in the engine. And if I don't... If I don't take care of it, the engine's either going to break down or I'm going to run the car into the, into the wall. Right? Ephesians 4.26 says, In your anger, do not sin. Say, anger is not a sin. To feel anger is not a sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. No, you don't have to repeat that, but thank you. It's always good to you know, meditate on the scripture. It's good, okay. There's a difference between identifying emotions that are happening inside of us and identifying with the emotions that are happening inside of us. We identify, we find our identity in Christ, not in the emotions. But the emotions are there to show us in places that we haven't found our identity in Christ. Does that make sense? The emotions are the check engine light that bring us into the presence of God. So he could do the work on us. He's the mechanic. He's also the driver. Jesus, take the wheel. Uh, but you guys get the, the example. So the big point that I want to break down tonight, Proverbs 4.23. I'm going to read this in a couple different ways. Many of you guys have probably heard this scripture before, and I hope to give a, a different understanding to what this actually means. Proverbs 4.23. Uh, the NIV says, Above all else, guard your heart. For it is the wellspring of life. The NLT says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Then King James. <laughs> we haven't brought King James in in a while, you know. It's, it's time for some old English. Keep thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Say, guard your heart. For from it come the issues of life. How many of you guys have heard of guard your heart before? There's a couple different ways of looking at guarding your heart. And the way that I, I, I would think, based off of conversations that I've had over the years in ministry, is the, the initial understanding of guard your heart isn't necessarily a bad one, but it's an incomplete one. The initial understanding of guard your heart is, I'm going to guard my heart from you. Because you're prickly. And because when I'm around you, I feel these things, and I don't know what to do with these things, so I'm going to guard my heart from you. Make sense? How many of you guys have felt like, oh yeah, I can relate to that? <laughs> oh, you guys, are, you guys are quick. You're like, I'm not raising my hand at that one. I know it's a trap. <laughs> For from it, repeat after me. You can say this. For from it, Come the issues of life. The Hebrew word for guard is netsar. I'm, I'm very fluent in my Hebrew. About as fluent as my French. For anybody who was here last week, uh, bringing it all back around. Hey, hey it's like a circle. <laughs> 
Netsar, which means to guard. We got that. Okay, I'm going to guard my heart from you. I'm going to guard my heart and not let anything hurt it. But it also means to watch over, to keep a close eye on, observe. It actually, it actually isn't so much about, about you as it is about actually watching what's going on, in, if I could say it this way, in the garden of my own heart. I'm going to keep to my heart. I'm going to tend to my heart. I'm going to see what's going on in my heart. Make sense? Different than I'm going to protect myself because you're trying to hurt my heart. It's actually going, I'm going to, I'm going to free myself because I'm going to watch what's going on in the presence of my heart. Which is why it's so important to be able to take emotional happenings with inside of us and to be able to put words to it and to be able to sit on it and not act in it and not identify with it but to actually bring them to the Lord. So, so I'm saying it's not about relationship in every instance but at the same time it is about relationship because in, in our private place in the times where a conflict arises Lustful desires arise, pornographic things arise, all these different things arise. There's conflict that starts to get in, intertwined into my mind, and I go, oh, I, 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 I think I'm going to go that way. And there's conflict. And we can react and try and overpower ourselves, and that typically doesn't work. Or we can respond by going, what's actually... What are the words that I could put to what's going on inside of me right now so then I can actually fully bring myself to the Lord? But I feel alone right now. I feel like I'm not enough. And it actually, the, the fruit at the end of that branch is making me want to go over here into this thing that I know I shouldn't be doing, but I... I make sense? But now I could actually bring really good information, going back to last week, I could bring really good information to the Lord. And it's not for His sake. It's actually for my sake. Because if I, if I bring the wrong question to the Lord, He'll respect my will and he'll, he'll answer that question. But if I could actually get better information to bring a better question, it's not, God, why do I... Why am I trying to do this when I know it's bad? It's actually going, God, why am I feeling alone? Oh, okay, now God's actually walking me back to this thing that happened today that, that I, I wasn't a powerful enough person to actually have a difficult conversation in, or I wasn't a powerful enough person to, to actually rise up to the occasion, whatever it might be. But it's an invitation for God to actually bring us in Put us on the lift and work on the engine. Because the check engine light is not the issue. The issue is you need an oil change. The issue is your, your spark plug went out. The issue is all these different things. But if we just focus on the check engine light, and if we just allow the check engine light to drive the car, then we're going to head down the right or the wrong road over and over and over again. Guard your heart. Tend to your heart. Put words to the emotions that happen within your heart. And when you can put words to the emotions that are going on inside of your heart, it's like taking the fruit, going, okay, so, so the fruit's over here. I'm starting to lean back towards this. Nope. The branch is the emotions. What's, what's this branch? And then the branch allows us to go back to the root. And then God can do work on the root. You could do some open heart surgery and really just kind of get in there and start to really meddle in our business. Does this make sense? Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Not into it are the issues of life. When we don't manage this well, when we don't present this to the Lord, we start thinking, I'm not okay because of the things that you're doing. I'm a mess because what they did to me. It says, for out of it flow the issues of the heart. 
It means that when I guard my heart, when I tend to my heart, when I bring this good information to the Lord, He can actually help me so that my, from my heart issues of life aren't poor. He can actually produce life through me. Is this, this kind of changing some things for you guys? I hope this empowers you. I hope that in the, in the next whatever, whether it is in relationship, whether it is in, in temptation, whether it is in just sorrows that you're feeling, it doesn't even have to be that you're tempted with something. You could just be walking forward with the spirit of heaviness. And really it's just because you aren't able to put words to the inner reality or you haven't actually taken time to slow down and actually go, what's going on in here? We good? Can we go for another like 10 minutes? Is that okay? I want to give, I'm going to do this and then I have one more point that we're just going to, we're just going to wrap up with. But I want to give just some words. You're not going to be able to write all these down. Don't even, I mean, you could, you could write down the main words, but you're not going to be able to write this fast. I promise you. Um, but anybody that wants my email, uh, it's nickm at reslife.org. Nick M, like mayonnaise, mayo, my last name. Nick M at reslife, R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org, dot org, sounded like. I don't know. It should be like a end of a commercial or something. <laughs> I should have a jingle. You're, you're right, Brian. I love the way you think. Can you work on that for me? Alrighty. <laughs> I just want to cover some emotions. This isn't an entire list of emotions. In fact, I encourage you to go and start start looking at, at terminology. This is we're reading. You know, like I feel like readers. Uh, have a, a really good way of putting things to words and, and just being able to read, read obviously scripture, but just invite yourself into a world of reading to where your vocabulary expands. Um, but at least go and, and search emotions and then kind of sub-motions within emotions. First one is happy. This is an easy one for, for many of us to, to kind of target and go, ah, I'm really happy right now. But happiness can look a couple different ways. Content ecstatic, elated, overjoyed, peaceful, pleased, optimistic, encouraged. Loved is another big emotion. But that could look like, I feel cherished, I feel needed, I feel pampered, spoiled, treasured, angry. We can, we can put words to, I'm angry, but, but can we put subwords to it? Can we actually like, better describe what's actually going on inside of us? We can feel aggravated, bothered, disturbed, irritated, offended, provoked, furious, outraged. How about confused? I feel baffled, bewildered, lost, mixed up, scared, I feel anxious, concerned, nervous, apprehensive, paralyzed, terrified. Hurt. You know what? I, I feel attacked. I feel blamed. I feel concerned. Discontent. Abused. Belittled. Betrayed. Bitter. Broken. Cheated. Condemned. Deceived. Humiliated. Degraded. Inadequate. Inferior. Insignificant. Insulted. Mistreated. Rejected. Small. Tormented. Wounded. For some of us, as we're hearing some of these, we go, oh, ooh, that word kind of stung a little bit. Starting to put words to the emotional things that are going on. You're actually starting to learn to, to tend to the garden of your heart. Lonely. I feel abandoned, adrift, alienated, alone, deserted, discarded, disconnected, empty, forgotten, ignored, isolated, invisible, left out, useless, unappreciated, worthless, overwhelmed. I feel amazed, awestruck, dazed, ambushed. Appalled, disbelieving, horrified, shocked, smothered, suffocated, resentful. I feel controlled, judged, manipulated, owned, powerless, trapped, used, victimized, intimidated, exploited, sad. I feel crushed, defeated, discouraged, grieving, heartbroken, helpless, hopeless, let down, Sorry, I feel ashamed, I feel guilty, I feel regretful, or just plain old tired. Sometimes, sometimes we're operating out of, out of something, and if we just put words to it and said, 
you know what, I just worked seven days in a row and, and uh, I slept an hour each of those nights. I'm actually tired. <laughs> woo! That's not a woo. <laughs> Slow it down. <laughs> tired, burned out, drained, exhausted, fatigued. Here's one of the things I want to point out as I go through that list. Some of you guys heard those words and, and hopefully what you're recognizing is I've actually identified with that word versus I've actually identified that word floating around in me. Just because you feel forgotten does not mean you are forgotten. In fact, I know someone who, who says that he's counted every hair on your head, who says his thoughts on you outweigh and outnumber the grains of sand in the sea, on the beach. Think about that. Right? Like if I were to pick up <laughs> the thing of sand right here and it's just falling off, you'd see all the grains just falling to the ground. It'd be like 150. No, no, no. A million there. A mil no. Okay. And that's just in my hand, let alone the beach and all the world. And that's his thoughts for you and you and you and you. So just because you feel forgotten does not mean you are forgotten. And now you have some really good information to bring to the Lord and to present to the Lord for him to actually do something in you. Proverbs 25:28 says a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls talking about guarding our heart presenting ourselves fully to the Lord checking the engine checking that check engine light a man without self-control someone who doesn't control themselves and bring themselves to the Lord but somebody who operates out of the emotional response and reaction in the moment is like a city broken into and left without walls, broken down, vulnerable, and not guarded. So someone who actually didn't guard their heart actually exposed themselves to be wounded in the first place. Proverbs 15, 18 says, A hot-tempered man stirs up dissension, which also means strife, but a patient man calms a quarrel. Hot-tempered means emotionally driven. If you look it up at the, the root word, it means somebody who is acting out of extreme emotions. Anger, fear, someone who is hot-tempered. I'm going to react. I am angry. Causes strife. But someone who is patient and self-controlling actually brings calmness to a quarrel. Make sense? Proverbs 15:21 Folly delights a man who lacks judgment who lacks guarding his own heart tending to his own heart but a man of understanding keeps a straight course and the the last proverb that I'll bring up right now is 29:11 A fool gives full vent to his anger but a wise man keeps himself under control It's actually really interesting so a fool Gives himself, gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. Say, under control. Such an interesting phrasing there. Once again, if you bring it back to the root word, under control means, yes, I am controlled. But it actually also means giving praise to the Lord. It's a very interesting, let's read it again. It says, a fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man brings himself to praise the Lord. He actually shifts his focus off of myself, this situation, and is actually able to present himself and praise God. He actually shifts his focus over to what God is actually doing in the moment. A powerful person, this is the second point, and we're going to end here in two minutes. A powerful person does not respond to a circumstance they respond to the nature and character of God in that circumstance. A powerful person does not look at what's going on in the circumstance. He's looking at what God's doing in the circumstance. It's not, I can't believe you did that. He's going, God, I, or she, God, what do you want to do in this? What do you want to do in me?
two points. A powerful person observes and manages the conditions of their own heart. Second point, a powerful person does not respond to a circumstance. They respond to the nature and character of God in the circumstance. You can sit and wait all day. God will speak to you. He absolutely will. But at the same time, this is why going to Scripture is so, so, so important. Because when we, when we observe what's going on in our heart, and, and we actually bring it to the Lord, we can actually bring it with really good information as well. Powerful information, not just head information, but an understanding to where when I went into Scripture this morning and I see that, that like I said, God's thoughts for me outnumber the grains of sand, then I could actually bring that fully to Him and go, God, would you show me this in my circumstance? Would you show me this in my heart? Because right now I feel lonely. I put words to that, but I know what your word says because can you give me a revelation of that? Being a powerful person isn't just about walking forward with really good information. It's about, it's about searching. It's the glory of kings, or it's the glory of, of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to seek a matter out. I strongly, strongly, like I said, I hope this just blows open a, a, a giant whatever mess for you to actually bring and search out in Scripture tomorrow morning, the next morning, tomorrow at lunch, when you're, whatever it might be, but it's just going, God, I want to know your heart. I want to know who you say you are, and I want to know who you say I am, because then I could actually take that powerful information to overwhelm the information that's going on inside of me. This good? Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you. God, we thank you that you are a good, good father. God, we thank you that every single time we bring our mess into your presence, God, you don't look down at us in a judging way. You don't point an accusing finger at us. But Father, you embrace us. You bring us truth, the kind of truth that will set us free. You reveal yourself to us. You reveal ourselves to us. And God, you show us Christ in us, the hope of glory. So Father, I pray that as we establish this language as a culture, God, that we could be, we could be quick to encourage each other. God, that we could be quick to point each other to righteousness, to be able to operate as powerful people, to hold us accountable as powerful people. God, and that we wouldn't be fearful of difficult conversations, whether it be with ourselves, others, or you, God, that we would be quick to jump in, to mend relationships, to bring understanding, and to seek understanding, God. We just, we just ask that, Holy Spirit, you would empower us to walk this out. God, we love you, we love you, we love you. God, we praise you and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Well, we can kick the music off and, uh, and get this party rolling. We're gonna, it's only 8.37 right now, so hang out at your tables. Get to know your table leader. If you're new here, make sure you fill out one of these, one of those, one of these new visitor cards. We'd love to, uh, to connect with you, get to know you. And, uh, and next week, we will actually have a guest speaker. You guys are already connecting with each other. We're actually going to have a guest speaker who isn't actually a guest. He's actually a part of our family here at Res Life. But Pastor Daniel Cavazos, he's come here and spoken with us in the past. And, uh, and he has an amazing word from the Lord that he's going to come and encourage us and edify us in. So we love you guys. We'll see you guys on Sunday. And enjoy the rest of the evening.